Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is March the 19th. 2021 strong hand long-term thinking bitcoin is the next bitcoin unconfiscatable have a backbone be a unique beast like this shirt says at coinbeast.com one day closer to uh all-time high who knows it, it seems to happen on saturdays a lot these all-time highs so tomorrow's saturday I guess get ready for it, but don't FOMO on alts. Buying over crying. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. I am offended by selling. Best guest in this space. Hello, my elite friends. Welcome to the This Week in Bitcoin show. Oh, yeah, we're living in this five-digit realm, and uh, we got some great guests here today because I bring you the best guests in the space every freaking Friday. First of all, Brian Jacket, who makes his uh, return. Juan Galt makes his long-awaited return. He's been stranded in the woods before, lost in the mountains, but we got him here today. And now the uh, the great Jonathan Hamill will make his debut. I keep getting him confused with former pit Orioles pitcher Jason Hamill, but it's Jonathan Hamill. He's here, baby. Okay, dudes. So we'll start off uh, with J Jonathan Hamill because we're all, all curious about your uh, Canadian perspective on what the heck is going on in, in the Bitcoin space. And I don't like to put anyone on a pedestal here, okay? But the Deutsche Bank people, everyone worries about these banks all the time. They think the banks control the whole world, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you think, the, if you think that, Deutsche Bank has come out with a report, Bitcoin is too important to ignore now. Well, duh, of course it's too important to ignore. But it, you've got an official report to tell us, so now uh, maybe everyone will wake up. Jonathan, uh, tell us about uh, what, what your, your thoughts are on, on this and what, what's it all mean? Yeah, it's funny because uh, compared to, let's say, the, the last cycle, so 2017, 2018, all the reports from bank, investment investment banks uh, were all equally bad. And now there's like, there's two kinds. There, 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 there is like very, very good reports out there. I'm thinking about like the Citibank report. I don't know if you, if you read it a couple of weeks ago, which was very, very good. Uh, and there is, uh, there is the very shitty uh, takes uh, who are still out there sometimes. So I think the, the Deutsche Bank uh, uh, report is, is, is in the uh, first category. Uh, it's interesting. They, um, I'm not sure of the number they're using, but they said that the Bitcoin just flipped yen. So it's the third biggest currency out there that, uh, now by, uh, by value in circulation. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, it's it's definitely coming. It's it's one of the major banks. It definitely lost a lot of steam in the last, let's say, ten years. But it's still an important institution. It's one of the biggest uh, German banks. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see the perspective from uh, capital markets and banks. It's 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 definitely getting 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 steam. Uh, getting getting more serious in the uh, in the space for sure. Um, it's. We're still. It's it's still a lot of the major player are still shy of having like a, a clear opinion on Bitcoin. Or we saw like Bank of America who had a pretty shitty take uh, re, uh, this week. But it, it's it's important. I think it, we're, we, we've crossed another threshold into like uh, mainstream adoption. All right. Now talking about crossing that major threat, another major threshold. 
all these banks that you just mentioned, Morgan Stanley, Deutsche Bank, Bank of America, back in the day, which wasn't that long ago, they all had negative things to say about Bitcoin. Now, to me, it's it was expected that they would change their mind eventually. But for some people, it is a tremendous victory for them personally because they put so much uh, – they put these guys on pedestals and everything. So I, I think it is if – we, if we look back to 2016 when they were ragging on Bitcoin – this is this is the complete opposite. Uh, you you also mentioned though uh, that it it's flipped the yen. Apparently, I don't know what numbers they're using either. But but here's the thing: it's going to flip them all eventually. I mean, basically. All right. So uh, it, it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time before the countries start buying it up. Also, so with all of this in mind, with, with the, the overall picture that yeah, we can't ignore Bitcoin. And I, I think everyone on this panel can agree with that. Someone that is clearly not ignoring Bitcoin, that is a bank, is Morgan Stanley, which this week, Morgan Stanley becomes the first big U.S. bank to offer its wealthy clients access to Bitcoin funds. So we'll, we'll stick with you here, uh, Jonathan. Uh, what was your take on that? Uh, well, it's not, it's not a surprise for me. It's uh, it's it's. it's... Firstly, it's directed to their their wealthy wealthy clients, so probably private banking. So it's been the, the story for the last let's say eighteen months. Uh, it's funny because we we always used to say we're gonna bank the unbank, and we thought that uh, mainstream adoption of the unbank would be one of the major catalysts of Bitcoin growth. But I think in the last eighteen months, it's been a, a mostly a wealthy uh, people story, like people from the I would not say maybe the 1%, but people having access to private banking. Uh, it's it's usually the, the department and banks that are the most flexible. So they're they're able to to sell products to their clients that are not accessible to to uh, to the uh, retail investors. And it's pretty funny because here in Canada, most I think it's the same in the US, most of the banks were actively banning or restricting retail uh, user for buy from buying Bitcoin or buying Bitcoin related stuff by just basically uh, blocking wire transfer or uh, or e-transfer, which is kind of like an, an, some kind of a, um, some kind of a PayPal payments here in Canada between banks, while the the, the private banking departments were actively uh, caught sell, not, not only selling Bitcoin, but investing in Bitcoin business, they were uh, actively looking into Bitcoin funds as well. So there's there's, a, there's really two worlds out there. The world for the wealthy people, where they can access like the the cutting edge product. If it not only if it's pure Bitcoin, like native Bitcoin uh, buying and selling, but it can they can also access uh, a Bitcoin related financial product that the, um, the 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 mainstream retail investor could couldn't access. But now it's now it's interesting because we have the uh, the ETF here in Canada that anybody can access, but before that, it was pretty. It was a it was a accredited investor story mostly. You know, we should talk more about that ETF uh, later on in the show. I'm sure you have some thoughts on that. I got I got to write that down uh, to to bring that up with you. Uh, before, what was that? What's it called? The PayPal like thing in Canada called? I, I remember when I was in Canada, somebody wanted me to send them money that way. What's it called? Yeah, it's uh, we have a, a system called Interact. Interact is managed by uh, a corporation of uh, all the banks together. Uh, so it's e-transfer. It's uh, some kind of a bank-to-bank settlement network. It's, it works pretty well, to be honest. But it's really susceptible to to uh, censorship, and it's uh, it's it's getting pretty bad. And I think it's gonna fit well into our 
central bank digital currency discussion later, but uh, they, ha they have a pretty good control over that network, yeah. But, but it's like a regular guy like you can send money to another person through that system, basically, right? Yeah, that... it's, uh, the limit is $3,000 per day, and uh, the, the, the weekly limit is $10,000, I think, something like that. Yeah, it, it's funny. When I was uh, in Vancouver in 2014, a, I, I, I found a place to stay over Craigslist. I got a great deal, and the woman wanted me to send her money that way. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I can send you Bitcoin. She's like, I don't know what that is. Ouch! <laughs> Too bad for her. It would have been better to send her Bitcoin that way. And also, before we move on to Brian here, I got to say, uh, Jonathan, the people in the chat are going to ask, what is that? Uh, there's a Sickle Hammer uh, book on your bookshelf. What is, <laughs> what is that thing? Yeah, this is. Uh, let me show you. There is a... Uh... This is uh this is the manifesto of the Communist Party I bought at the original place of the first uh, Communist Party Congress in Shanghai, and uh, it's quite okay. funny. So it's uh, it's mostly a, a souvenir I bought in in Shanghai, and uh, I saw at that place I was I was actually at the, at the fintech conference. I think it was in 2016. And what's funny because we uh, we after the, the the day after we visited this uh, this this museum, which is located like in a very nice. Uh, because I think the, the English quarter of uh, of Shanghai, and uh, so you visit the, uh, the the museum. At the end, there, there's a boutique shop where you can buy souvenir. And I went to my friend, and he says like he said like one of the funniest thing ever. So you look at the at the clerk, and he said uh, he was buying I think a, a shirt or something like that. And he, he looked at him, and he said, "Do you take American Express?" It was like there was there was like a silence at the at, at the communist museum. It was, it was it was just perfect. Well, I just want to clear, show everyone that this dude here, Jonathan, is not a communist or anything like that. You get all uh, these dudes. All these dudes are linked to below. But I just wanted to put put that out there before people start making accusations or saying insanity. He's he's the complete opposite. Okay, so there. Follow all these guys below. We'll get back on topic here. And yeah, when that woman in Vancouver, uh, her place, I just ended up paying her uh, Canadian cash because she, she wouldn't take Bitcoin. I didn't have her electronic system. It's very unfortunate she didn't take Bitcoin, but there's a lot of stories like that for people. It's very fortunate that I still have my Bitcoin that I had back in 2014. All right, Brian, your, your take on Morgan Stanley and on the uh, Deutsche Bank report. Just want to say yes. I'm a I've, uh, I'm a non-communist as well. I got Adam Smith right here, Wealth of Nations. So definitely not. Uh, that's a cool book though. I I, uh, I have not read it, but it looks pretty interesting that y'all have. Um, what was it called again, uh, Jonathan? The the is the manifesto for the Communist Party in Shanghai. Well, it's, it's yeah, the manifesto of the Communist Party, but the Chinese version. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. From Marx. Yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway. Uh, Morgan Stanley coming in. Morgan Stanley is really smart for starting to offer these products uh, as they are. I know we're going to get into CBDCs a little later, but my thinking on the overall effect of CBDCs uh, with respect to banks is that banks are going to become a lot less necessary once you can have a wallet with your Fed coin directly linked to um, the, the Federal Reserve uh, or, or whatever central bank they're going to use for these CBDCs. So Morgan Stanley, in order to remain relevant, needs Bitcoin. Banks need Bitcoin to remain relevant into the future going forward. Otherwise, they essentially exist at the mercy or at the at the uh, the whim of, of the federal government because, you know, they're really going to become a lot less necessary when you have uh, personal bank accounts at the Fed, when you have 
uh, you know, loans being done directly with the Fed. And who, who needs FDIC when when you're when you're an account when you have an account with the Fed? So Morgan Stanley getting into this when they are seeing the seeing the uh, the potential for Bitcoin to to offer an avenue for it to maintain relevance going forward, uh, I think is really smart. They'll be able to get interest. You know, people will. You know, not everybody likes to keep their keys. So people will deposit at Morgan Stanley Bitcoin. Probably Bitcoin can lend that out. They can earn interest on it and maintain their, you know, their banking style uh, existence uh, into the future. I don't see that happening as much with banks that don't custody Bitcoin going forward because there's less of a need for them to even be there in the first place. All right. Now, one of the things that goes along with this Morgan Stanley announcement, uh, we've we've got someone out here at the NYDIG in an interview said the Morgan Stanley announcement was only the first of a drumbeat of major announcements in the institutional Bitcoin space. Okay. So I don't exactly know what, what I mean, what's, what's coming next. Brian, do you, do you have any theories on that? I do. I think that that's absolutely right. I think businesses are going to start to come in real in a really big way. Um, because, you know, the, I don't know if any of y'all watched uh, Michael Saylor's uh, Bitcoin for Corporations conference, but they had um, the NYDIG head. Uh, was it Ross or Russell? I think it's Ross. Um, uh, they had the NYDIG head, though, on and he spoke for an hour. It was a hell a heck of a heck of a, a podcast or, you know, a little little um, breakout. But um, he said basically the he gave a hint at what the institutional interest is for his his business alone, and it was something like from one billion dollars of potential assets to twenty five billion by the end of uh, this year. I mean, that's a twenty five x return or twenty five x increase, and that's just that was that was just at that time, and it may have been more than that. Honestly, I can't really remember off the top of my head. But you know, he has telegraphed to the community essentially that these these corporations are coming in. And they're asking for his advice and, you know, he's giving it to him and guys like Sailor are able to educate these businesses to get this stuff on their balance sheet so that they can protect that downside risk with having a full, a large cash balance or everything done in dollars. And it just makes sense to put 5% in. And if you're Apple and you put 5% in, you know, that's a massive allocation uh, for the, for the Bitcoin ecosystem, considering we're, we're at a $1 trillion market cap right now. So yeah, it, it's definitely going to continue on going forward because there's really no alternative. I mean, the alternative is to sort of languish it with the dollar and watch it get deflated away by, you know, passing political fancy and cultural fancy. Um, and you're really at the mercy of, of the United States government and political se uh, political sentiment in this country in a way that you're not if you have at least some Bitcoin on your balance sheet. So it makes perfect sense for why businesses are going to come in. I think they're going to come in more. Yeah, I, I, I... To me, it's it's obvious that we're going to have all sorts of corporations and, and, and large entities come in, but it, it's it's I don't know this this statement made it seem like it was it was like a drumbeat of major announcements, like there was going to be some like tremendous banks or something like that. I, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe they're just getting everyone's hopes up. Uh, for me, it's all expected. Uh, that's why I got in a long time ago because I knew eventually this day would come. But I do wonder if there's some specific big news this guy is alluding to that, that's coming up in the next few weeks. I hope so. I mean, oh, yeah. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to just say um, I saw that Twitter did a large convertible note debt sale, I think it was over a billion dollars. And it's, it's sort of in the same fashion that Michael Saylor did. So I'm not saying that's what that is, but like a big name like that doing that. Um, and I know, I believe, uh, Square might double down again as well. So 
getting these large, like the something like Twitter, that's a, a household name. Square is to a degree, I think, but Twitter is really like a household name. Um, so getting them to buy, you know, $1.52 billion worth of Bitcoin is, is in my opinion, that's a quote unquote massive announcement or a big announcement as far as, uh, you know, normie land 80 percenters go. Yeah, well, it doesn't it doesn't beat Tesla, though. So I, I for me, when I read that thing, I, I, the guy's making me think there's going to be a bigger than Tesla announcement. Who knows? Mm. Um, Juan Galt, you there, baby? Oh, come on, Juan Galt. Everyone's everyone's been looking forward to your return so much. There we go. There's there's Juan. Unmute yourself. You are. Uh, All right. Is, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your, it, it's your turn. It's your turn to talk. All right, about great. I'll, I'll see. I'll see if I, I get enough data to get a get a few words. So, I mean, I think it's really <laughs> interesting what you guys are talking about. You, you're all very much, uh, clearly more informed. Interested in is probably relevant is um, the the on-chain volume and the on-chain activity. Like it seems like Bitcoin is exiting exchanges not entering it like the last bull market and that that suggests i think a, a maturity in the market that we didn't see last time um so that's a big deal also the one percent are, are getting in you know and, and and bitcoin like the reaper is knocking on the banks one door at a time and it's just a matter of time until they knock them all down um also the, the fact that the fed can now open accounts for for personal for for civilians i mean they're they're the internet is this intermediary. It's, it's getting banks out of the business. This, this is huge. We're we're at the the, the cusp of a revolution. Of a revolution, guys. A revolution. Hopefully that got through. Uh, yes, it got it all. Actually, uh, it all got through except the very start, but it it, it got through. Good. Uh, are you going to be at? You're in a car right now, right? You're, you're traveling. To, everyone's wondering where you are. Uh, all right. So let's uh, let's let's get back on track here. Uh, the one percent are coming in. The one percent are already here. Wink, wink. Okay, so now let's uh, let's get to the central bank digital currency stuff here. And uh, Brian, you wanted to talk about this some, but I, I wanted to bring up a specific uh, some specific articles that have have thrusted uh, central bank digital currencies back into the news here. And that is uh, the the Fed chairman said CBTCs should exist alongside cash i don't believe that for a second um that the, the united states that th these countries that are interested in central bank digital currencies you, you think when china has a central bank digital currency fully operational because it's not fully operational now someone the other day tried to tell me well china's got a cbdc you know they're experimenting with it now it's not fully operational but when that thing's fully operational you think the, the chinese citizens are going to be allowed to have freaking cash still no they I mean they, they, they're going to be totally monitored by the thing so I, I don't agree with that and also we've got an announcement out that some some european mp says we must not let zuckerberg become a central bank the European Central Bank may soon be pushed to regulate cryptocurrencies more. Concern over Facebook's DM is part of the reason. So they they don't want to have a – I mean, I think they're basically admitting that if a private entity has its own central bank digital currency, its own digital currency, it will be better than uh, their central bank digital currency. But, Brian, what, what, and of course, the biggest thing to remember here is that these things and, and there's there was a tweet out there and brian retweeted it actually from a, a morbidly obese guy in europe uh that part of their uh, financial some spanish dude 
uh, you know, talking about how uh, Bitcoin or not how big they can track you with the uh, central bank digital currency. Uh, the, that's something to remember. That, that's why they want this. It is just an amazing way to track people, to turn them off, uh, to censor them. It, it's going to be an amazing tool that 80 percenters are going to opt into because you don't have to have a central bank digital. You don't have to have it. You can still you can be in Bitcoin still. But no, I, I seriously don't. I don't think it's going to exist alongside cash at all. But hey, what's your take on uh, this, Brian? Um, so I agree. I don't think it's going to exist along uh, cash at all. Uh, you know, I don't remember who it was, if it was Reagan or somebody who said that there's nothing as permanent or nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. Um, and if you look at 1971, they left uh, the gold standard and that was a temporary move by Richard Nixon saying, we're going to go back. We need to just go off to fund some things. Uh, never went back, obviously. So of course they're going to come out and say, oh yeah, cash can stay with CBDCs. We're not going to disrupt cash. We're just going to introduce CBDCs and then, of course, you know, a couple of years later, they're going to, well, we don't really need cash anymore. CBDCs are perfect. And so then they'll they'll just remove it from the system. So and it'll be just one of those things people have as a souvenir. Um, so, yeah, I do not believe for a second that it will exist. I mean, maybe for a few years it'll exist alongside cash, but that's not the end game. The end game is removal of cash from the system. Um, so that's my 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 take on that. The other thing that you mentioned was the the, the large man who was uh, talking about CBDCs. Uh, he is the, I think he's the C, I don't know what he, what, it's the CEO or the head of the Bank for International Settlements over in Europe there. And he, you know, they're not even attempting to tell you that they're not going to track you. They're actively telling you they're going to track you and be able to nudge your behavior economically. So he, what he said basically was um, CBDCs give us the ability to regulate monet, uh, money, essentially, and the technology to enforce it. And so when they say they're going to regulate your money, they mean they're going to regulate if, if they're creating it, they're going to regulate your spending. So I can foresee a situation where you get, you know, the stimulus checks become more and more commonplace and, you know, they're already talking 2000 a month, whatever. Uh, so they start becoming more and more commonplace. So people start relying on them more and more. Uh, then as they start being uh, distributed as a form of CBDCs, once they get that going, you know, the, the big thing about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is it's programmable money. So you can, as a CBDC distributor, I would imagine, I'm not a technologist, but I know that we have lots of ability to program uh, this money through a number of different ways. Um, and one of those ways can be where you can only, if you're going to give us, say there's a lagging area of the economy and they want to stimulate that area of the economy, they'll give you a stimulus check, but provided that you only use it in this area of the economy. Otherwise, after a year or six months, it disappears from your wallet. Um, and so they'll be able to nudge your behavior in a way uh, that makes it look like they're giving you a gift, but they're actually le legitimately controlling your behavior in the marketplace uh, to, a, to a minute degree. They'll be able to, you know, nudge the, the grocery stores one week and nudge uh, farming one week and nudge automotive one week. And, and so, I mean, that is a degree of control that I think uh, Karl Marx would have dreamt, would have, would have salivated over. Um, and so that's what I see happening. So, of course, they're going to get rid of cash. And, of course, they're going to make you use that. And so that's why Bitcoin is so important. That's what I said in the tweet. It was, you know, I don't even care if you don't like Bitcoin. You may find that you need it because that will be money that they can't mess with. That's the whole the whole reason for it. So it's not only is it uh, confiscation resistant, it's censorship resistant. And censorship means, you know, not just taking stopping your behavior, but also motivating it to a degree without your consent. Pound that freaking like button for that explanation there. Uh, I actually linked to the morbidly obese guy's tweet that you retweeted. I, I added that. 
Um, and you, I really haven't heard that brought up before. The, the nudge that they can do to uh, to certain parts of the economy, to the essential, whatever they deem essential businesses. Because we're, we're now living in a in a world where some businesses are essential. I mean, it's it's fascism. It's it's picking winners. It's economic fascism when you deem some essential, some sort of essential. So uh, that th central bank digital currencies can definitely uh, prolong that uh, situation and make it even worse. Uh, if you're deemed unessential. And uh, yeah, they also, it's an easy way to do the uh, negative uh, interest rates to the central bank digital currencies. Jonathan, uh, I think Canada is, is closer to actually Im implementing these uh, central bank digital currencies than, uh, than we are in the United States. I I'm not sure about that, but what's your take? You wanted to say some things about central bank digital currencies. Yeah, this is funny. I agree with pretty much everything uh, Brian said, and uh, especially what you said just in the, um, uh, a couple seconds ago. It's definitely a, a tool to implement a negative interest rate at the at the currency level, uh, without the, without in, without the cash being held at uh, in, in in commercial banks account. Uh, Canada has been uh, the, the the Bank of Canada has been experiencing with uh, central bank digital currency for. Uh, better part of think of the last three years, uh, they did a partnership with, uh, I don't know if you remember, R3. Uh, they did uh, some kind of a blockchain experiment with uh, with a debt settlement and cash. Uh, they, they, at some point, they kind of back, backpedal and say, no, it's, you know, it's not really in our, in our plans to implement uh, digital currency. Same stance as the Fed for much better of like also the, the last three years. They... They denied for so long that it, it was not in their plans, but uh, apparently the, the the pandemic changed everything. So it's, they kind of get into the uh, the bandwagon of the central bank digital digital currency for probably a lot of reason, a lot of political reason, monetary monetary policies as well. Uh, I think at the end of the day, the the, the playbook here is is definitely political. Uh, Brian, you explained it well. Uh, you just have to look at what China is doing with uh, what they call the China Social Credit Score. It's 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 frightening what's happening there. You can uh, they they, um, they want you to behave in some kind of way. So if you uh, if you jaywalk in in some part of the city, you're not only gonna have your face exposed on a billboard, which is like pretty dystopian, but you you will lose some kind of social points. And it's I think it's part of a if you look at uh, if you see uh, Black Mirror on Netflix, it's, I think it's one of the episodes. Is like you have some kind of social score, and if you lose score, you cannot. You're, you're banned for doing doing things. It's this is what this is what's happening in in, in uh, China right now. If your score is not high enough, you cannot buy high speed train. You, you're gonna have to buy tickets for the shitty train to go to the uh, other city. It's gonna take hours instead of uh, let's say uh, thirty five minutes. So it's 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 being impl implemented uh, uh, as of as of we're speaking now. It's it's not a conspiracy theory. Look at look at the central bankers. Look at the the uh, the cronies like uh, let's say the Larry Fink of the world, the BlackRock. This these guys are top down. Uh, they, they, they like control. They, they, so the, the central bank digital currency is uh, is 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 one tool in their policy box. They want to implement, and to me, it's it's, clear, it's crystal clear. It's not if, it's when, and it's they they really want to get rid of cash. That's that's a fact. They want to get rid of cash. Uh, the pandemic was a was a big boost in in getting rid of cash because of sanitary reason, but it's a it's a big boost in uh, in that uh, it, it's it's a one way street. Um, I agree. It's, it, central bank digital currency is not going to coexist with cash. It's either one or the other.
All right. I, I wanted to point out there's so many people out there that are worried about what the government is going to do to Bitcoin. Oh, the regulations and this, that. They haven't even launched their central bank digital currencies yet. That's the easiest thing to do. And I, I think that that'll satisfy them for quite some time. It'll, it'll gain a lot of control over the population. Uh, and uh, most people won't. It, it'll be easier to use than Bitcoin. So that tool in their tool, if, if you're worried about the government's uh, attacking cryptocurrency, they haven't even used their central bank digital currency a tool yet. No major com country has totally implemented anything close to it yet. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see it happen. Uh, and I will stick with my Bitcoin. All right. So let, let's get Juan, your take on central bank digital currencies. If Juan is in the house. Hang on. Is, is, is Juan even? Yeah. I, I mean, I see he's sort of there. So he's still on mute. Yeah. You're muted, Juan. If you're trying to talk, the world wants to hear you. All right. Maybe maybe we're, we're going to have to save Juan for a second. Since we got uh, uh, Jonathan talking, give us uh, this uh, Canadian ETFs. We're very curious in America about them. Apparently, some Americans have found ways to buy it. How, how, how's that going with the Bitcoin ETFs up there? Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a couple of one that's been launched so far, but the first one was launched, I think, uh, was it early March? Uh, so far, I think it reached a billion dollars in, uh, in market cap, in, I think, in the record time, which is pretty big for a Canadian ETF. Uh, you're right, it's, it's, it's difficult for most retail investors in the U.S. to buy on Canadian market. <clears throat> but uh, most of the institution are probably able to buy it. But uh, it, this is by far the impact on, on the Bitcoin market is going to be much bigger if there's a, a mainstream Bitcoin ETF in the U.S. market for sure. But uh, yeah, the ticker is BTCC, I think. Um, let me check. I think, yeah, I think it's that. So, uh, so far, it's, it's gaining a lot of traction. It seems like it's, it's tracking Bitcoin price pretty closely. Uh, premium is not that high. So so far, I think it's a good uh, it's a good experiment. Awesome. Uh, do you think it'll put pressure uh, uh, to get the United States to finally approve one? It looks like we're getting closer here in the United States. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, I think they comment they commented on that uh, not later than yesterday that uh, they kind of dig themselves in a hole there by not accepting a Bitcoin ETF. So people are rushing to some kind of like quasi Bitcoin ETF like MicroStrategy. So people are rushing to have. Uh, Bitcoin expo exposure. And this is something the retail investor and the institutional investor are looking actively to uh, to have financial exposure to to Bitcoin. So I don't I don't think they, they have a choice right right there. They, they have to approve it. I think probably Vanek is going to be the first one. They're, they're, they've been they've been at it for uh, for quite a while. I think they're think they're quite a I think they have a, they have a small advance there. So probably I think uh, before the end of Q2 this year, we're going to see a Bitcoin ETF. Whoa, whoa, pound that like button if it's that fast. I, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> that that would be big news. That, that that would be huge news. But it is amazing that Canada is ahead of the United States on this one thing in, in terms of approving ETFs. Uh, mostly now they're behind on everything. You know, they're restricting everybody's movement up there. Oh, we won't get into that part. We won't get into the restrictions of movements and such. All right. Now let's, uh, uh, Juan Goth, do you, uh, can you hear us? Because I see you're, you're you're trying to you're trying to get on there. All right, let's uh since uh we'll, we'll keep we're all curious about what, what Juan God has to say about central bank digital currencies. But while while we're wondering about that, we'll move to another topic here, 
one of my favorite topics, uh, and it's it's a controversial one. Coinbase made another announcement this week uh, that gets them basically they're one step closer to uh, to going public here, and it's it's going to be huge news, big for cryptocurrency, big for Bitcoin. The date has not been announced yet. Obviously, when when, when we hear that date, um, we'll we'll shout it out to you, no doubt. But I I wanted to get uh, Brian your 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 latest take. Oh well, yeah, they they Coinbase to float around 115 million shares in a Nasdaq listing. All right, so it's going to be on the Nasdaq, obviously. Uh, right now, no official listing date has uh, has been given. And one thing to take into account: Coinbase is just the first Kraken has said that they want to go public in 2022. Uh, so w- what's going on with that, uh, Brian? Well, I mean, I actually mentioned this when I was when I was uh, pitching the uh, idea for a Bitcoin practice group to my firm. I mentioned Coinbase because they are one of the few tech tech companies in the in, in a long time who has who is about to go to market and uh, you know go public. Um, with profits already in hand before they before they actually um, and a cash flow that's really robust uh, before they actually go public. It's very rare in the tech space. Usually it's, you know, let's go public and then everyone buys in and then we'll figure out how to monetize this thing. Um, so Coinbase is doing, I think, the, it's, you know, it's striking while the iron's hot. It was going to be the first in to, uh, it's going to be the first type of exchange, Bitcoin exchange to go public. So they're going to get a lot of first mover advantages and you know who knows how 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 big this gets? Maybe uh, it, so a bank, a large bank like a Morgan Stanley, sort of forward thinking, uh, you know, wraps them up. You know, buys a bunch of shares. You know, however, gets controlling interest, uh, and then wraps them in a bank charter. So then they don't even have to worry about getting that. Uh, you know, all that going through all that, and then suddenly you've got Morgan Stanley, the Bitcoin bank, with Coinbase as its arm, as its Bitcoin arm. Um, and it, you know, it's it's re- there's a lot of really interesting options that will come from that. And then of course, just your you know, your average investor who is like, hmm, Bitcoin's really interesting, but uh, you know, I don't want to hold my keys. I don't want to go through all the trouble of, of buying it. Of course, they get exposure that way. So, um, it's it, it's a very interesting time. I'm I'm curious to see what what the fanfare, if any, is like. I think there will be fanfare, and I think they're because their model is is, is very profitable. I think they're going to have a very successful public offering. Yes, I I, I agree with everything you said there, and. Uh... Well, you bring up Morgan Stanley wrapping them all up, buying the controlling interest. Uh, I, what that makes me think of is one of these banks, one of these days, is going to buy up a big private uh, crypto organization of some of some uh, sort that just makes it easier for them to become a uh, a Bitcoin bank. That, that seems a little harder to do to. To, to buy up one that's already public, but what do I know? I I, I don't know what's easier to buy up but, one that's yeah, public. Yeah, I think or... you're right. All right, uh, but still, so, something like that is, is quite possible. Also, uh, we'll we'll go to uh, Jonathan here. Uh, what's your take on Coinbase and uh, you know other companies uh, going public, uh, cracking, let's say, in the future? Yeah, um, it was pretty interesting to see the numbers and the S one filings for uh, for Coinbase. I think that they're going to do a I'm not sure a direct is is it a direct listing? Yeah. Yes. Do, okay. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be fairly successful. I think it's going to be a good uh, benchmark for the uh, it's it's a it's a cryptocurrency pure play in uh, on the stock market, uh, pretty much like the miners, which uh, which are pretty 
pretty successful since the beginning of the year, but uh, it's, it's going to be a magnitude uh, uh, order of number, like much bigger. Like uh, we're, talk we're talking like a uh, hundred billions, north of a hundred billions, which is pretty big. Um, we saw you mentioned previously the uh, Morgan Stanley potentially acquiring uh, a stake in Bitum in the South Korea. So, so they're positioning themselves, which is funny because uh, two, two, three years ago was uh, uh, doing a lot of business with uh, financial financial groups, uh, banks, investment banks, and one of the things I would they, they, they all wanted to do blockchain. Everybody wanted to do blockchain. Let's do blockchain or let's bring the blockchain into banks. And I said, look. Don't you're you're going way way too far. I mean, you just have to set up like a some kind of Bitcoin practice. That's at the end of the day, your wealthy clients will, will wants to buy Bitcoin. Some business may, maybe wants to transact in Bitcoin and maybe foreign markets. Or you have to get started to build some kind of Bitcoin practice. And we were basically laughed out of their office all the times. And now they're they're rushing to not only build practices but but also like buying active stakes in in bitcoin businesses with and i never thought it would happen this uh, this quickly to be honest i was seeing this cycle like probably like farther in the uh in the decade like maybe 2024 2025 it's it, it happened much quicker than i thought to be honest all right uh we're, we're loving life baby i i love uh, speeding up uh, the, the process here now, I want to remind everyone in the uh, the chat, you can ask questions. You can type in Bitcoin Meister. You could do a super chat. Just get my attention. We got two freaking awesome guests here that are can answer all sorts of questions. And speaking about answering questions, uh, well, Jonathan and I are both on uh, the, uh, the CoinBeast Connect site where you can uh, sign up for uh, private meetings with us, actually. CoinBeast.com slash connect. Uh, just felt like bringing that up since we're both involved. CoinBeast, they are in motion, dude. They are so in motion, the dudes over there, John and everybody. Um, so, uh, and I, I do want to say there, there is one question out there. First of all, Juan has, he, he's got bad uh, internet, okay? You know, Juan, <laughs> it's funny, Juan seems to always have bad internet. And uh, he, he, want, he specifically wanted to be on this show today. So I'll just give him his plug right now. Um, but who knows if he'll ever be on the show again? Um, but after all this nonsense, but he he's there's a there's a uh, conference in Miami that's coming up in April. He wanted to plug it. It's like twenty the twenty first and twenty third. It, it's it's linked to below. It's it's linked to below. If it's not the big one that I'm going to be at in June, but he wanted a, a plug for it. So Juan is gone now. But that's what Juan would have plugged was this uh, this uh, conference. Anyway, so the question from the audience is. What do we got the question for though? It's a question I get asked often. And dude, I am not my brother's keeper here. That, that's the major uh, answer I'm going to give you. Or Rafterman, I know you are a good guy, okay? You're asking me a question quite a few people have asked before. And you, you really are pedestaling this guy if you're still wondering where he is. Here's the question, everyone. And I've mentioned this before to not ask me this question. And again, our after Rafterman, perhaps you haven't heard me uh, say, don't ask me this question because I've answered it many times. And it's, I think it's, well, the question is, what has happened to Trace Mayer? If anyone knows, now, I, I don't, we don't know what happened to him. He's a billionaire. Why do you care? I mean, do you need him to tell you everything's okay in Bitcoin land and tuck you into your Bitcoin bed at night? I mean, that's what it seems like. And I don't, you're a good guy, R. Rafterman. 
But these people, there are so many people that need to know where Trace Mayer is. And they ask me what where Trace Mayer is. And I've said, I don't know where he is. I know he's incredibly wealthy and he doesn't need to be here. He doesn't need to talk to anyone. And you really shouldn't worry about the guy, for God's sakes. He could be ha helping, um, you know, he was helping Caitlin Long behind the scenes in Wyoming at one point. I remember it wasn't behind the scenes. He's a, he's a, he's a genius lawyer. He, who knows what he's doing, where he's doing it. But guys, he's gone. And perhaps he'll come back one day. You don't need him. If you need him to be around, to be confident in Bitcoin, you are going to lose your Bitcoin. You are a weak hand if you need Trace Mayer, period. So I'm bringing you the best guests in the freaking space, people that you maybe haven't seen before. Like, I want people to expand their mind here. I go out of my way to bring not the biggest names in the world. I brought you Trace Mayer many a time, okay? I brought you all sorts of big names many a time. I'm bringing you people that are up and coming, people that aren't preaching the same thing over and over again. So you can expand your mind here. And I get asked, oh, are you, I get asked about Trace. I get asked about Andreas. Dude, there's more to Bitcoin. There's more to cryptocurrency than your idols, okay? Stop worshiping these idols. It's it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. So you, you put me on a little rant out there, but I are after me. Perhaps you haven't heard me before. You are a good dude. I know you you're good. I don't I don't mean to, you know, attack you or anything. I'm not attacking you, but I'm I'm just saying we cannot people come and go. Bitcoin is more than one, much more than one person. It's a bunch of really interesting, unique beasts. So if you want Trace Mayer, don't come to this channel, okay? Because he's not coming back. If you want the best freaking guest in this space, people, if you want different stories, unique stories, different stuff that you're not going to hear in the mainstream, you come here. But guess what? Most people don't want that. They want girls that are half naked or, you know, the big names or whatever to draw fancy sets and graphics. That's what most people want. And good luck to them because they're going to lose their freaking Bitcoin. They're going to, they're going to, they're, they want to know what the next Bitcoin is. That's their main question. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. All right. So, so tying it all together in, in there with impulsive people who need people to worship, who need to know what the next hot thing is, who need fancy sets and graphics to just stare at. Or, or fancy hair to stare at. Let's talk about NFTs because that seems to be something that uh, goes with this type of mentality, this mindless mentality of worshiping and uh, what's the next Bitcoin. So you guys have been hearing about this NFT stuff, no doubt. Uh, what it, What is your take on it, Brian? Oh, NFTs. Uh, so I, I mean, it, I understand that they're making you know people money. I mean. It's just ironic to me that that um, one of the main criticisms of Bitcoin early on was, oh, you know, you guys are a bubble. It's like tulips or it's like beanie babies or collectibles. Uh, and then Ethereum and these other other uh, platforms go and say, yeah, we're trying to make essentially beanie babies uh, because that's what NFTs are. They're they're taking a a, a non scarce asset like a like a like a, like a digitally produced piece of art. They're uh, assigning uh, a what is effectively a hash or a serial number to that non-scarce asset. Now that that hash or serial number, because it's on uh, you know a blockchain that's uh, far less robust than Bitcoin's blockchain, but uh, it's you know it's 
the the serial number scarce, but the art itself is not. So you you know they make the they make the uh, the comparison to you know original Mona Lisa versus fake and copies of Mona Lisa, and I get that, I understand that. However, I just don't, I do not see the analogy. Maybe I'm missing something, um, but I, you know when you have a JPEG file and you assign a scarce serial number to it, you haven't suddenly made the JPEG file scarce. And now when you have a scarce piece of art it's a scarce piece of art and it's always, it starts out scarce and everything else becomes non-scarce, all the copies do. So um, I don't see the, the uh, I see the allure because I mean, we're in a sloshy market right now with tons of cash floating around and Bitcoin's maybe less sexy than, you know, an NFT, uh, same way it was less sexy than ICOs. Um, but I think the ultimate fate will be the same because, uh, you know, all, I mean, all it takes is an artist to say, actually, I'm doing the same piece of art on Tron's blockchain now instead of Ethereum's. And boom, it's less scarce. And then he goes, and actually, I'm, I'm issuing a new serial number that I think is the original. I mean, there's all these different ways that this thing can be 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 uh, muddled. And, and so um, I think that's partially why Elon Musk was making the NFT of the NFT. And then he decided not to sell it because he was like, man, I'm just like, like just scamming people here. Like, I mean, I'm just taking advantage of people. And I, don't, I shouldn't be doing that as the world's richest man. So I think that's why he backed off on that. I do want to say the, the serial number uh, analogy is correct. Um, we've got uh, Nick Carter's got an article linked to below that talks about the uh, serial number thing. Uh, what, Jonathan, what is your, your take on the NFTs? Yeah, very similar to, uh, to Brian. Uh, to be honest, I didn't follow as closely as I should. Uh, I didn't thought it would get that big to be honest but it's very similar to me that the uh, it's there the uh, 2021 equivalent of the 2017-2018 ICO uh, it's, it's bringing a lot of attention to uh, people are starting to maybe probably thinking oh we finally we finally found a way to use the blockchain like it's always <laughs> this same bullshit coming over and over again uh, but the problem is still the same is if you're putting some kind of assets on on a blockchain that's probably uh not as safe as it it should be so to me like the only blockchain that could should be called blockchain is is the bitcoin blockchain because the only one is decentralized enough is the only one that you cannot coerce politically to have some kind of forks of of change or changes so so in itself there's this huge technical implication of of saying that these these assets are are truly scarce or non are replicable. This is this is once. Uh, the other one is uh, obviously it's it's happening because we're at all time high. So people are not only Bitcoin rich but all coin rich, and they're able to. Most of the big buyers of these stuff are 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 Bitcoin holders or all coin holders. Like the this guys uh, ju the Justin Tron guys. I think he bid on the uh, one of the big uh, art piece. So. This is mostly insider stuff. Like it's not like outsiders coming and bidding sixty million for for uh, for these uh, artworks. So so it's it's to me it's the the we're, we're seeing the the 2017 2018 ICO uh, bubble again. It's gonna crash at some point. Um, but this is yeah. It's, but I'm not paying attention that much to be honest. I guess it is it is very reminiscent of it definitely the 2017 ICO bubble. And I think something good came out of that and something good will probably come out of this. Uh, you know, it, it could change the way people think of modern art 
I, I think so. I, I encourage the people to, to keep on doing what they're doing, keep on experimenting with it. Uh, but regular noobs, I would not advise them to touch that stuff. And it is bragging rights for the rich right now, it seems like. Some of these high prices they're paying, which is what art is kind of all about anyway. So we'll see how long the $69 million prices will last. I wouldn't hold my breath on that. Uh, but, uh, it's, we'll see. I, uh, I just keep seeing the articles every day, every week. So I got to keep bringing it up every week. It's, it's mm -hmm. in the news. It's something we deal with. It could be a way, uh, it, there will be newbies that their first, their first, uh, taste of cryptocurrency will be maybe making NFTs or hearing about NFTs. So it is, it's a way to on ramp some, some type of newbies, I think. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it develops. We'll, we'll definitely see how it develops. Okay, we got. We do have a question here, <laughs> and what a question it is! Human from Earth sent five dollars, and I, I thank you, Human from Earth, for sending that five dollars. I'm going to read because you paid money to, for this. I'm going to read what you had to say, and uh, I will give an answer. But you might not like my answer. <laughs> Radex. Nine-year project in the making. Willie Wu supports it. Thoughts? Well, I don't know if Willie Wu supports it or not. Okay, I like Willie Wu. He's a he's a cool dude. I don't support it. That those are my thoughts. I don't know what the heck it is. It's completely ridiculous. Whatever it is, if it's some altcoin, okay. Why do we need these? Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin, dude. Well, I mean, I, I no, I, I I never heard of it, uh, and. And let, I'm assuming it is altcoin related or some nonsense related type of thing here. Unless you could tell me something different and, and per, per, perhaps I'm wrong. You've got, as your symbol here, you've got the freaking, uh, the, the, the pyramid on the back of the dollar. So it, that that's not leading me in a good direction right there. So, dude, I do thank you for the $5. You got me to say Radix on my show. It's not going to make a difference for your project, though, dude. Um, and if you're a bag holder, I, that's terrible. I, I mean, I feel bad for any altcoin uh, bag holder out there. Because over the long run, Bitcoin beats them all. If you're an altcoin bag holder, turn it into Bitcoin, dudes. All right. So let's uh, <laughs> let, let's go to Brian. What are you, you, you sent me a video here, something that you got that you're doing down there. I linked to it below. What is this? What's going on? Tell the people. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, so the video is a link to our firm sort of launch of our Bitcoin focus practice group. Um, I've been working on this for a number of months with our marketing team and our and our leadership and our firm. We uh, my firm is a large, you know, multi city firm serving clients around the world. Um, and we have a lot of expertise as a result of that. Um, not everyone's uh, super Bitcoin savvy, but they all have a wide scale of legal expertise. So what I did was I realized that Bitcoin, the Bitcoin industry has, you know, companies and individuals that need all of these disparate areas of expertise, whether it's corporate structuring, tax, um, litigation services, employment services, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, and I'm aggregating it to a team of lawyers who are interested in Bitcoin, who are Bitcoin focused, uh, and we're going to serve the Bitcoin industry. That's our goal as a firm is to serve all of the companies, as many companies as we can in the Bitcoin industry and get this thing going. Uh, it, you know, faster than it already is. And one aspect of that too, is we have a lobbying arm, a government affairs arm that's very effective 
And that is sort of what I foresee as the next challenge for the Bitcoin industry is, is educating the people with their hands on the levers of power, educating the regulators, because they're not always just trying to be bad people. They often are, you know, reactive or they don't understand it fully and they make bad decisions. And then we have to work to, to, to undo those decisions. And it's just a lot harder. So I'm hoping that with this, we can effectively represent Bitcoin companies, you know, on the regular legal structure side, and then also get them in their in the door and get in front of the people that make the decisions and explain to them why they should be on our side, not fighting this. And that's sort of the goal. All right. It is. I hopefully I did link to it below. And of course, all these uh, guys, what they're de dealing with is all linked to below. Uh, they're, they're pertinent links, including uh, that uh, April. It's the Miami Crypto Expo, April 21st to 23rd. Uh, that's what Juan Golf wanted to talk about. He has uh, he's has something to do with it. He's in charge or part of the, the management team. I don't know marketing. So let's let's uh, before we go to uh, Jonathan here, I, I do want to bring up something I brought up on the past show. Russell Okung put half of his NFL salary into Bitcoin in December, and he's doing really well. And I said, uh, I hope it inspires other NFL players. To, to do something similar, to get into Bitcoin. Well, Saquon Barkley uh, made an announcement that basically says that he's, uh, that he's next. It, it, was not, uh, it was not directly, but he said he was going to do something uh, with Jack Mallers or something like that. So I'm, I'm glad to see other NFL players uh, hopefully jumping on that, uh, jumping on, turning their salary, their fiat salary, into Bitcoin, the the more the merrier. So that that that's something I brought up on Wednesday's show, or I don't know what day it was. It was recently, and already another NFL player is uh, is copying Russell. So that that's good. All right, uh, Jonathan, what what are you up to? What do you have to promote? Any stories you wanted to bring up that that were not br brought up today? Uh, I'm not actively well. I'm, not, I'm up to many things. Uh, I have my uh, consulting practice still uh, still up. You can use it through. Uh, this great site called Coinbeast uh, Connect, uh, built with love in Montreal, here, Canada. Um, yeah, but um, trying to be, uh, I, I miss, to be honest, I miss the uh, in-person conferences. It's going to be a year now since, uh, and it was, I think it was one of the big, uh, one of the big catalysts for the industry where people would meet. I mean, it's fun to do uh, podcasts and uh and interviews like that, I think it's a big part of the industry, but I, I, I'm really missing the uh, in-person conference. And in, in many industry, I'm involved also in traditional markets. And I think it's it's really missing right now because a lot of deals are made while meeting people in person. So uh, I'm really looking forward to these, uh, this series of conference, the first one in Miami, like in, uh, in June. Yeah, for sure. Are you going to come down to the June one in, in Miami? Yeah. yeah. All right. Tell that like button, baby. Well, so many people. It is going to be the best conference ever. I mean, I was on Bitcoin Magazine. I was on their show last night. And like most of the guys are going to be there. So many of my the guests that have been on this show are going to be there. I'm going to finally get to meet. I met some dudes in person already, but I'm going to meet everybody in person now. So it is going to be, we're going to party like freaking rock stars. I think it will be the best Bitcoin conference of all time so far because so many people will be relieved to actually 
be in person with other people again. Now, uh, some of us in America have already seen other people in person, but outside, you know, Canada, you know, you guys haven't seen anybody in person lately. So I know BTC Benny is coming down from Canada also. Brian, are you going to come to the event in uh, June 4th and 5th at Miami conference, the, the Bitcoin Magazine conference? Yeah, we're working on it. I haven't, we haven't officially decided yet, but I'm, I'm definitely going to try and get down there. It sounds like it's going to be awesome. Um, and I've also already had the dreaded C word, so no worries there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming in uh, with plenty of immunity and uh, it should be, it should be really fun. All right. V very good. Well, uh, I think we've uh, covered everything here. Uh, we ended a little earlier today, earlier than usual today. All right, everybody. Or, or Brian, you have anything else to bring up? Um, I do not. I think, uh, I think that was great, a uh, great show and appreciate you having me on. It's always fun to be here. It's good to be back. Okay. E excellent dudes. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Everybody out there. Remember, uh, next, next Friday. Well, I I'm remembering it at least I will be back in Baltimore for the next show. It will be, uh, the right before Passover. So it'll be great to be back with family, but I, I am right here in Miami. I shall return. For, for the conference and everything. So what, what a time, what a year, what a time to be alive, guys. Golden age, Shabbat Shalom. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Thank you, everybody who watched live today and who's watching this taped. Follow me on Twitter, at TechBalt. You get the best freaking guest in the space every Friday. See you guys real soon.